0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Feverett, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! And today, we have a returning guest host and former host, Justin Vactor.
1: I'm gonna wreck it!
0: Uh, this podcast focuses on the entire world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion with us. So with that... We'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. Our new releases this week uh the first one is a theatrical release and a bunch of them are gonna be blu-rays and DVDs. uh the the first one is a new release from disney it's a prequel to the wizard of oz of sorts uh and stars james franco and zach braff and mila kunis uh rachel vise and uh uh, what's, what's her name from dawson's creek you guys remember? Katie Holmes. Not Katie Holmes. <laughs> James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Michelle Williams. There you go. Uh, and I thought I thought it was a pretty f- fun movie. I saw it with Patrick. The 3D alone is is worth going to. Is actually it's the 3D is actually worth the ticket price of the 3D this time. Oh. Like the opening titles alone for the movie. They did some cool stuff with the 3D, and since the movie opens up in a in a black and white uh, 4x3, just to kind of throw back to the original Wizard of Oz, uh, the way that they used the 3D with that and going outside of the, the black borders, kind of like how they did it with Life of Pi, how it would it would change aspect ratio so some of the, the 3D stuff would hop over some of the black bars. So I liked how they did that, and thought, there was some pretty good use of visual effects in the movie. Not some areas they they could have worked a little bit longer on it, but I did like how they put tied the story together with Wizard of Oz. And if you did like that, I think you will like this too. It's it's kind of basically if you mixed Wizard of Oz, uh, Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness, and Alice in Wonderland. The Disney live-action Alice in Wonderland all together, and that that's kind of what this movie is. Hmm. So yeah, I mean I, I enjoyed it, and and I uh, apparently Disney is already working on a sequel to it, which wait, isn't isn't that the Wizard of Oz, but yeah. So I, it'll probably be number one this weekend. So definitely go check that out. I know Justin and I are going to go see it actually again after we're done recording. So.
2: Yeah. Do they have that in D box?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I, I do want to see a D-Box movie eventually, though, because I, I just want to, I guess, experience to see what that's like. Uh, have you ever seen a D-Box movie?
2: I watched The Hobbit. I watched people... I didn't watch it in D-Box, but I watched no. <laughs> people watch it in D-Box. So, like, I saw, like, the whole rose in front of me, like, moving to the movie, and I got
1: kind of jealous. So... <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't do the whole theater. They just do like a couple sections of the theater. Also, oh, like,
0: yeah. so it's like part of the theater is like first class, and the rest of it's coach. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like if you looked down the crowd, you get motion sickness because like the whole like crowd is like moving.
0: It's yeah. Weird. I actually
1: saw The Expendables two in D box, and it was a fun I, experience.
2: Yeah, I heard that's one of the best movies to go see in D box.
0: Yeah. Let's pick, like, Iron Man 3 or something to go see the summer in D-Box.
1: Yeah, actually, Mark, it is playing, Oz is playing in D-Box right now. I'm looking at our local theater that has D-Box. Oh, man. Uh, it is, the tickets are on sale right now, and uh, after Oz leaves, it will be G.I. Joe Retaliation.
0: Ooh. Be interesting. They should. I was saying they should do an IMAX D-box 3D theater because then you'll get that super huge full immersion, and then, yeah. and then the ticket would also be like forty dollars because of yeah. all the, all <laughs> you're paying for. But, mm. yeah. So yeah, off of that tangent of D-box, uh, and then uh, you can get d box or home too. Like you can get like the special furniture. Yeah. So you yeah. can watch like you can watch Back to the feature at home and have your your car moving around. I mean your couch moving around and feeling like you're in the DeLorean. I saw I saw a, I saw a clip
1: of the Polar Express in D box and it was I felt like I was on a, a ride at Disneyland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it would probably feel like like those rides, like the Back to the Future ride and the Simpsons ride, and just yeah. like the general rides you know that move around like that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, enough uh, of that tangent. Uh, so on the twelfth, Disney is released, doing another one of their mass releases of Blu rays. Uh, of animated favorites from them. So this Tuesday, the 12th, Mulan and its sequel Mulan 2, Brother Bear and its sequel, Brother Bear (laughs) 2, Hunchback of Notre Dame and its sequel, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, no sequel, Uh, are all coming out on Blu-ray from Disney. And and as you can expect, Disney does awesome Blu-ray transfers. So all of these look beautiful in HD. Uh, Mulan, it doesn't have any new special features on there. So if you had the DVD, it's going to be all those same features on there. A 98 degrees music video, (laughs) Christina Aguilera music video. So all all these music videos you would have watched in the early 2000s. And there is a music video with Jackie Chan doing some cool bow staff stuff too. So, uh, there's deleted scenes backstage, Disney featurettes, uh, Audio commentary, so yeah, if, I mean, if you had the DVD, it's going to be all that same stuff, but it's, if you haven't watched any of that before, it's definitely worth checking out because it's it's always fun to see how Disney produces their films. I, I mean, and we discussed Mulan and our Disney Renaissance episode, so there's not that need to go, to go too much back into it, but Justin, what did you think about Mulan?
1: Mulan is one of my favorite 90s uh, Disney animated films. I saw it in the theater twice, and I was in high school at the time, and that was when, you know, all right, it's not cool to go see Disney movies when you're a high schooler, but I said, <laughs> F you guys, I'm going and I loved it. The music was great, the animation, the story, and Eddie Murphy being donkey before he was donkey.
0: <laughs> a dragon uh, donkey.
1: And I got called Moose by one of my uh, one of my friends in my English class. She was like, "You remind me of Moose so I'm gonna call you Mooshu.
0: <laughs> I guess it's kind of funny that uh, Donkey would go on to be with a dragon in Shrek. Oh yeah. So th- maybe it's not that weird. <laughs> Look yeah. at our little mutant babies. But <laughs> uh, the next one is Brother Bear and Brother Bear Two. Uh, did, did either of you ever get to to see the either of these? Uh, no. <laughs> I knew, I know these cool. were on the, the very tail end of, like, the 90s. Yeah, Brother
1: Bear was the last animated Disney movie I saw before they stopped for a while. Uh, or, yeah. or hand-drawn animation, I should say. I never saw... What was that other... Home,
0: Home on the Range. Yeah,
1: Home on the Range. That was the only mm-hmm. one that I have not seen, so...
0: You're not missing too much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Brother Bear I mean, we was... talked about Brother Bear at one point. Yeah. I don't sure.
0: remember it being
2: good, amazing, great, or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the the first one, the the second one is basically another one of those ones that they did just to do a sequel to a Disney movie. Yep. But what what I like is if you've ever seen uh, Dave Thomas, not that Wendy's guy, and uh, what the hell's his name? Why is his name no? Excuse uh David Zelinsky from why why of all of the guys is his name not? You got do you you guys know what I'm talking about right? Sure,
1: that from, guy.
0: From Honey I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters, oh, yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. I, Rick Moranis? Yeah, Rick Moranis. I don't know why his name wasn't one that wasn't coming. But him and, and Dave Thomas, who, who did the strange brew thing, basically play those two characters as moose mooses? Yeah. What's the pl- what's the plural of moose? Is it moose or mooses? Moosin. <laughs> but, yeah, they basically play the moose version of that in the movie. So it's funny to watch that because the movie t- kind of takes place in Canada. So so our friend, Justin, my friend, Ben, w- would enjoy the movie because of that. Yeah. Uh, and basically it's like a, a film about this, this guy that can't – he, he kind of isn't growing up and whatnot, so he gets turned into a bear to you know teach him a life lesson <laughs> and that whole – Shtick stuff. Um, my, da- I remember my dad really wanted to go see this when it came out in theaters, and he wanted to find, he wanted to bring one of one of my friends' younger brothers with us, so th- that it gave us a reason to go to the movie, <laughs> to go see it. So it looked like we were bringing that kid to see the movie. Uh, and then, and then the sequel is basically the the main character Kanai's uh, old friend, that's a girl, uh, finds him in the woods. Uh, spoiler alert: he stays as a bear after the first movie. She finds him. She gets turned into a bear, too, in the second movie. And, yes, it's just more of... It's basically the first movie, but with a girl.
1: So Any there. returning actors, like Joaquin Phoenix, in the sequel?
0: Uh, the only people that returned for the sequel were Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Uh-huh. Joaquin Phoenix did not come back for Brother Bear 2.
1: R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan. He was Tug.
0: Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so... I mean, I enjoy the first Brother Bear, so if if you enjoyed at least the first one, I would say definitely pick this up. It's got, like Mulan, it's got all the same features that were on the Blu-ray. I mean, not the Blu-ray, the DVD. Uh, there's deleted a deleted song, deleted scenes, animated outtakes, another music video that you need, and the making of the movie, too. So.
1: And definitely. did you know one of the animators on Mulan, one of the supervising animators, was the director Brother Bear, one of the co-directors?
0: I did not know that, but now I do.
1: Aaron Blaze.
0: Fact. The the next one, what's it's kind of funny with on um, the Mulan packaging and the Brother Bear packaging, it like clearly states Brother Bear and Brother Bear Two, Mulan and Mulan Two, so that you know both are on there. But with Hunchback of Notre Dame, it just says the Hunchback of Notre Dame Two Movie Collection. <laughs> it's almost they're like
2: gonna, it's like they're gonna surprise you. They're like, oh wait, we have another movie that we came out with, and no one knows about it.
0: Yeah, and like the other ones have characters from the sequels on the cover too. Whereas like Hunchback, it's almost like they don't really even want to acknowledge that the sequel to the Hunchback of Notre Dame exists, so they're just yeah. like, hey, "It's the Hunchback of Notre Dame." Oh, there there is two movies in here. We're not gonna really tell you yeah. what they. They're, what they not, they're
2: not marketing the second one, and uh, rightly so.
0: Yeah, uh, the first one looks looks great on Blu-ray. After I had finally got to watch it a few months ago, now watching HD was is even better. And I did subject myself to watching The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 even after no. Josh told us how bad it was and how much of a waste of, of his life that he'll never get back. It's only 66 minutes long, so it's like essentially a TV special uh, without commercials. And any of the darkness that was in the, the first film is completely removed from this one. Uh, it becomes like a romantic kind of comedy almost for Quasimodo and then the bad guy is this dude that runs a circus who's super vain about himself and is in love with himself. He's, he's actually bald but he's got a wig going on. And it deals with like magic and he wants to steal the big um, bell from the tower because it has diamonds and everything in it. So yeah, it's nowhere near as good as the, the first one. And uh, even though the entire cast of like we said, returned from the first film, plus Jennifer Love Hewitt and Haley Jaws. Oh yeah, post Sixth Sense, doing a voice and pre Kingdom Hearts. But yeah, so I mean, if you enjoy the Hunch, the first Hunchback, definitely pick that up. And again, everything from the DVD is on there. Uh, there's a multi-language reel, so you can watch the movie in different languages if you want to. There's a Gargoyle's Life, which is Interesting. Uh, there's a making of, which is hosted by Jason Alexander during his Seinfeld days. So it's, it's interesting to watch that and see where he was at at that time. Uh, but yeah, uh, the next one I was really excited, that's finally coming out on Blu-ray, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This looks, I watched this last night, and this looks really, really great in HD.
1: When I killed your brother! <laughs>
0: no, no. Uh... <laughs> Uh, and I wish, like, the, the way that they were able to use both, you know, like, the like all these cartoons that were owned by different companies in this film, I kind of hope eventually that's what Disney, Sony, and Fox can do with their their Marvel characters and do that with with, with maybe, like, a future Avengers movie and have, like, you know, Spider-Man and everybody show up in, in that same movie. Yeah. Work together. Because, I mean, the coolest parts about this movie, like, when I was a kid was being able to see Bugs Bunny and... Mickey Mouse on the same screen talking to each other, or Daffy Duck and Donald Duck, you know, playing piano against each other and beating the crap out of each other. Hmm.
1: Uh,
0: on this, they restored three three uh, animated shorts that they did with Tummy Trouble, Roller Coaster Rabbit, and Trail Mixup, oh, yeah. which are all fully animated. Did, uh, Baby Herman and uh, Roger. Shorts, much like like in that same as the one that opens up the movie, so it's cool to see those, and they kind of end in that live action thing with Roger screwing them up somehow. So it's it's cool to see those in HD and everything. All the special features are from that. Do you remember uh, when Touchstone released like the those Vista series DVDs? Like they were supposed to be you know, like like these really chock full of features and like really nicely packaged kind of sets all of the features from that DVD, those DVDs, are on this. Yeah, so the special features on there, there's commentary with the filmmakers, Robert Zemeckis, Frank Marshall. I was really glad to listen to that. Uh, Anytime there's a filmmaker that I like and they actually do a commentary to a movie that I also enjoy, it's, it's great because I get a little bit more information into the film that I really love. So, and then, what are you guys memories of Roger Abbott since we haven't really talked about this before Matt and then Justin
2: yeah this has been um, you know an older film that I remember from when I was really young and uh, I remember seeing you know it's in the point in time where you know you're not interested in adult movies so like it was seeing like cartoons in like a, a live action movie was exciting you know so I, I really enjoyed it and I've actually used, um, this film, in like kind of cropping out pieces for like different pieces that I've actually edited video in. So I have really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and I was the same as Mark on loving and characters that had never appeared together, in one place, Mickey Mouse and and um, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. And I was a huge fan of Looney Tunes at the time. I wasn't as big into Disney as I am now, so I was more into the the Warner Brothers characters and seeing them. Um, so that was that was the the not- and seeing live action mixed with animation, of course, uh, the huge novelty of the film. So yeah, that was my uh, some early Robert Zemeckis work that I really enjoyed.
0: Oh yeah, the only thing that I'll say for the HD transfer is that it kind of loses some of the magic with the animation being mixed with the live action because, uh-huh. because because of being brought up to HD, you can kind of see where stuff is added a little bit more than you could Ooh, when I was Yeah, I, I did like that they did leave the film grain, though, so it's not like completely pristine. But, yeah, I mean, when I'm saying that, there's only like maybe one or two scenes where you could like really tell it's animation and live action mixed together. Yeah. Uh, the one is where uh, he's put, what's his name, Judge, why am I, wow, well, uh, Christopher Lloyd is putting the shoe into the dip. You can kind of see how he's holding <laughs> on to that, that. But other than that, you can't. It, it's kind of hard to spot it. But definitely, this is a movie worth upgrading to your Blu-ray collection, or if you don't own it yet, go out and buy it. The the next one is not a Disney release. It's a DreamWorks movie that came out in November, uh, Rise of the Guardians. You have to go see this in three D in theaters. I, I really enjoyed the three D for it. Uh, when when we saw it though, we missed like the the first three or four minutes. So it was, it was nice to finally see the beginning of the movie now.
1: <laughs> we saw it with Santa Claus also.
0: Oh yeah, Santa Claus was in the theater when we saw it. So that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed Rise of the Guardians when we talked about our top of 2012, it, I had it tied with Frankenweenie within my top five, so I would have been cool if either Frankenweenie or this had gotten nominated for the Oscars. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this, uh, I liked how in, in the opening DreamWorks logo they changed the, the guy to Jack instead of the usual, you know, kid fishing, uh, <laughs> It looks great in, in HD. The digital copy that comes with it is actually an HD digital copy, so that's nice. Yeah, nice. There's commentary on there with the director, which which is great to hear about, like what went into making the movie. And then there's the man behind the Guardians, which uh, talks with I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but the the guy that wrote the original The Guardians of Childhood uh, book series, talking about. Uh, how the filmmakers worked with him to come up with the, the story for the movie. So basically, the, the book series that he did, those all take place essentially before this movie. And so, so where the movie starts off with Jack Frost and then it says 300 years later, the 300 years later is after the events of all the books that he released. So if you enjoy the movie and you want to read the books, those are all kind of like prequels now to this movie. So definitely go check those out. I know my son wants to check them out now after watching the movie too. And what's kind of funny is the way that they marketed this movie when it came out closer to Christmas was more heavily around Christmas since Santa Claus is in the movie. And now that the Blu-ray is coming out closer to Easter, the packaging on the Blu-ray is more Easter-heavy, and it, they're all, they're all in uh, Easter the Easter Bunny's world. So I thought mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then it comes with uh, these two wind-up hopping eggs that, if you've seen the movie, uh, the Easter Bunny's eggs that he paints. Uh, walk around by themselves, so that's kind of like a fun little thing, I guess, for kids. Um, but I was also having fun with them too. So, <laughs> shut up. Everyone's
2: <laughs> uh, a kid at heart. It's okay.
0: Yeah, and, and there's really good features on here about the making of the movie and, and like how they they crafted each of these separate worlds for the Tooth Fairy and and Jack and Santa Claus and and the Easter Bunny and like why their worlds are all like that and why the characters. Is, Actually, like, act like that, and why Pitch's world kind of has like a mixture of everybody is because he's trying to emulate certain parts of them. And did you ever get to see this, Matt? Um, no,
2: I didn't. Right. This is like the one that slipped under. Uh, I didn't have enough time to go see this one, so you I'm go... excited for this to come out on Blu-ray. So I or yeah, so I can uh, go out and see it.
0: Yeah, definitely rent it on the twelfth. Uh, and yes. Justin, what did did you think of the movie when we saw it, or?
1: That was probably my favorite, up until Wreck-It Ralph, of the year, my favorite animated movie. Um, I enjoyed the story and the concept of it, and some of the voice actors getting Hugh Jackman to play the Australian rabbit, right. and seeing the 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 back and forth between the characters. Um, and then it was fun asking Patrick afterwards which one was his favorite. Whenever you have a team movie like this, it's kind of like the Avengers of animated movies, so... I enjoyed it a great deal. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, there's there's another feature on here about the voice cast too. So why they chose Chris Pine and Alec Baldwin and Eva Fisher, and why they chose to make uh, Sandman mute. So it's definitely worth checking out. I think it's one of DreamWorks' better movies in, in a while. It's up, up up yeah, it's up there with Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon. That's that's the last of our blu Race release. the last one just came out as a DVD. It's a Tom and Jerry DVD. It's got a bunch of it's called Tom and Jerry pint-sized Pals. And it basically whenever they did shorts for the the classic Tom and Jerry series that you know had like the the baby mouse that Jerry ran into or or that that little duckling or I don't remember uh, do you know do you remember you got as if the the bulldog that Tom always ran into had a name? Bulldog all right. Well, there you go. Well, when he, when his his son showed up in certain episodes, he's in this too. So, all of all of the episodes that are on this are featured around this. Essentially, the little kid characters that showed up in the shorts. There's there's about fifteen or so shorts on here. So, I mean, I mean, if you liked the classic, uh, well, actually, the first disc has fifteen, and the second disc has fifteen. So there's thirty episodes. So, if, if you like the classic Tom and Jerry, it's another DVD release from Warner Brothers to definitely check out, because it's, and it's all centered around the little kid things. Uh, I don't remember if we've talked about Tom and Jerry before with you, Justin. Uh, did you watch Tom and Jerry when you were a little kid?
1: I did a little bit, but it was not one of my favorites. Whenever a Tom and Jerry cartoon came on, I was always disappointed.
0: And you are like, ah, oh, we're itchy and scratchy.
1: No, no, no. That was before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, yeah, so those are our, our Blu rays and DVD reviews for the week. Uh, we'll be back in a few seconds with our news.
1: Sometimes some
2: crimes go slipping through the cracks, but these two dumb shoes are picking up the slack. There's no case to be, no case too small. When you need help, just call.
0: our news for the week. The, the first bit, all, all of these, you can find these stories right on our site with our, our new writers that have been putting stuff up there. So thanks to those guys for continuously putting the news up on the site. Uh, yes. the, f- the first thing I know we'll be happy about, Justin will be happy about the first series. Animate, I myself have been behind on it though. Animated series Archer and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been renewed. Yeah. So Archer oh, awesome. is renewed for season five. Five. and actually Ninja Turtles is renewed for season 3 and season 2 hasn't even aired yet so that show saw a much I guess
2: they got a lot of faith behind yeah them. they
0: have a lot of faith in the show and Nickelodeon's doing really well for them so that that's not often that that happens where a show gets picked up for a, two seasons ahead of what it's already at so that's pretty cool for them That that's what's going on and I'm behind on Ninja Turtles and I'm behind on Archer, so I need to catch up on both of these. Uh, I yeah. I know Justin really likes Archer. A lot. Matt, have you ever watched Archer?
2: Oh hell yeah! That's yeah. some good yeah. stuff right yeah. there. Yeah.
0: I'm be- I'm only on season one, so I've. <laughs> I got,
2: you man. haven't made it past season one.
0: No. Yeah. It's on Netflix it's Instant, so
2: yeah, i watch I'll, it all. I'll catch it
0: up. Yeah. But yeah, so. That's that's good. some good news to look forward to that. Uh, the next bit is Sarah Solves It has gotten greenlit by Amazon Studios, which is it's like a preschool-type show that will be on there, which is kind of funny that it's called Sarah Solves It because apparently in the show, her and her brother solve these mysteries. So apparently she takes all the credit, and her, her brother doesn't get any recognition whatsoever. So there will be a sequel series somewhere in the future where, like, He's got issues with his sister because she always takes credit for what they do. But yeah, <laughs> so that that's that.
2: All right, our next bit of news is uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger uh, fields animation questions at annual uh, shareholders meeting. Um, you can find this on our website. Um, I just want to give another shout-out to uh, Stanford Clark, who uh, wrote this up for us. Um. um just want to give another shout out to the rest of our writers who are doing an excellent, excellent job. Uh, Matt Hardiman and our newest writer, Phil um, Shelton. 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 And
0: then we're yes. going to be getting an, uh, another new guy to come out soon, John Huber, who's from here around Phoenix yeah. area. So.
2: So I just want to thank you guys for keeping up on the news for us, because you know it's a lot of news comes out and we can't catch it all. You know.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, guys. They did the, the shareholder meeting and uh, apparently right around here in, in Phoenix the other day, and the main things that they talked about there were plans for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit if they were going to do any films with him, which it would be nice to see them do that, but apparently all, all they're going to be doing right now with him are the Epic Mickey video game series. But it, it would be... Not, I remember hearing a, back a while ago that they were going to do like a Mickey Mouse like feature film based or so apparently we haven't heard anything about that in a while. And with this next bit of news, I mean, that seems like that would have been a good place to maybe use Oswald again, maybe do an entirely animated Epic Mickey movie, like in the vein of Epic Mickey, I guess. But the next thing is that they don't have any immediate plans for another 2D (laughs) hand-drawn animated feature film uh, in the, the near future, which which pretty much stinks. Uh, I was hoping with the fact that John Carrs won the Oscar for Paper Man and the fact that I had heard that he was working on doing a, a feature with Disney that, that at least maybe that maybe they don't consider that fully hand drawn because maybe he's going to be since I'm assuming he's going to be doing what he did with Paper Man doing the hybrid of both the hand drawn and the CG animation mixed together. But yeah, As of right now, they're not doing any 2D animated films. What do you guys think about that? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of depressing. I I wish I I want more. I love CG animated films, but there there are places for hand drawn animated films too. So. Uh, The next thing was uh, an eight year old shareholder who was apparently attending his sixth shareholder meeting. So that means, I guess, he's been going since he was two years old. Uh, Whoa. yeah. Asked Mr. Iger, when it comes to Disney movies, is it more important about the critic, what the critics say, or what kids say? Mr. Iger said, absolutely, kids. Uh, Mr. Iger then asked the young shareholder what his favorite movie was, to which the boy enthusiastically responded, "Cars 2," and he told Mr. Iger that he and all his friends want a Cars 3.
2: Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's a good it's a good movie. Like series, but uh, I think it's 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 had its day.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a Cars Land, so
2: there's, they just built Cars Land. There's Cars. You could just
0: if you have a if you have an awesome enough there. imagination, you can make your own Cars Three.
2: Yeah, I'd like to see him do a YouTube parody of Cars Three. There you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do a sweeted version. Uh, I, I don't know. I I guess. I don't really like that Mr. Iger said, or Bob Iger. We don't need to call him Mister. Uh, said that they, they. I mean, I mean, that's good that they, they, they care about what the kids say. But I feel like they should also care what what adults would say about the films too, so that the films can be enjoyed by everybody.
2: I think he lied to the kid. I don't think he cares a crap what kids say. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, maybe like. What are you saying was just to be nice to I kids? think
2: it absolutely was just to be nice. I mean, it's not up to the kids or their say. It's going to be up to yeah. producers and what they think. It's going to be up to the marketing people, really, because they're the ones that go, oh, this could probably make us money. And then they go, yes, that's what we'll do.
0: Yeah. I mean, and th- this kid should be excited for Planes. That's, that's a spinoff. Yeah.
2: Be it's like, not It's not go. being
0: made by Pixar, but it's. It's being like, produced by Disney Tune, and
2: it's like saying here's a birthday cake, but you only get a cupcake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, what I've seen so far, they're going to be doing a, a trilogy, I guess, now of those planes films. So, there you go. There's there's three planes movies. Yes. Uh, and then, luckily, no nobody asked about Song of the South again since we're, we'll probably never see a DVD release. <laughs> but so, what do you what do you think, Justin, about about what the kid had to say. And, and would you buy a DVD of Song of the South?
1: Somebody needs to slap that kid and tell him that he is not getting a Cars sequel. We don't need another one. We got it. Throw him in <laughs> Cars Land, lock him up, and leave him there. And yes, I would buy a Song of the South DVD just so that I can watch it and laugh at it and ask for a Blu-ray copy of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it'll be like the the original version of of Star Wars on Blu-ray, we'll probably never see it. If you want to experience Song of the Stealth, just just go to Disneyland or Disney World and go on Splash Mountain.
1: Yeah. We have some new casting news in The Nut Job, a squirrely movie that's coming out uh, from Toonbox Entertainment. Mr. Taken himself, Qui-Gon Jinn, has been cast. Liam Neeson, he's going to be joining Will Arnett Brendan Fraser, Catherine Heigl, and Jeff Dunham in this squirrely comedy, which is actually based on a 2005 shorts, Surly Squirrel.
0: Have you guys heard of Toonbox Entertainment before?
1: Never heard of it.
2: I've never heard of it either. either is it, of it, it reminds me of a software called Toon Boom, but that's probably what it's. I don't know, tangent, I don't know.
0: I'm assuming that they pro- produced the short, <clears> uh, <throat> and, and yeah. There's a teaser for the animated film on on their website, so you can check that out. And this kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Over the Hedge in a way. Yeah. I'm yeah, inter- it
2: looks really, really, really similar from the artwork that I see here. Exactly the same.
0: Well, speaking of Blu-ray releases that we want, I want Over the Hedge on Blu-ray. So yeah. so get on that DreamWorks. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm purely interested in this just because I like Liam Neeson. So I mean, I'll see it because of that. And because it's animated, obviously. Uh, I, I do like the voice cast in this too. Will Arnett, Brendan Fraser, Catherine uh, Heigel. I do not like Jeff Dunham though, because Jeff Dunham can go to H-E-Double Has
2: he sticks. ever done a voice acting like, in a movie before?
0: I'm not sure. The only voices I know that he does are for his stupid ventriloquist dummies that he has.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when he does like his voice acting, does he like shut his mouth and talk?
0: <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Like I,
2: even if they're not filming him.
0: <laughs> I'd I'd like to see a video of Jeff Dunham doing his voice, or yeah, maybe he's it, just doing the voices with his his puppet in his hand.
2: Yeah, I think it should be a requirement. He has to not move his mouth while he does voiceover for a movie. That they should hire <laughs> him under those like, under that contract.
0: Little known fact: he actually did the voice for the Sandman in Rise of the Guardians.
2: Really. I wonder if he with
0: that. One. The, the next bit of news should be happy news for anybody that enjoyed the film Wreck It Ralph. There might possibly be a sequel in the works and on the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Which would be interesting because it would be essentially, technically, I guess, the, the third canon sequel that Disney has done within, like, you know, their films, not including the late or late 90s early 2000 a slew of shit to dvd sequels uh but yeah the director rich moore was talking of talking about like these ideas that they've been having talking uh and that he's been talking with john c riley and slayer silverman where basically there's an idea of like are there other ralphs and other you know vanelopes and fix Felix's and other video game consoles uh, and, and you know, around the world, and if Ralph or Felix or anybody met them, would they also want to, like, would that other Ralph also want to be good, like the one we met in the first film, or would they love being bad? And, like, how would that work if they met each other? Or if there's, like, a Super Smash Brothers-type game where all of these different characters were, like, so I, I guess basically what, what they'd want to do with the sequel is expand... The, that world and kind of see what they could do with interaction with different characters and things like that. So what do you guys think about that? Would you want to see a sequel done in in that kind of style?
2: I think it'd be neat to incorporate more of the, you know, like gaming universe. Cause I mean, it was really cool to see all those games incorporated into a movie and just to get more of that universe. Like if they could get more licenses, to just put in a movie, I think it'd be really cool just to bring back like some old favorites, like, you know, maybe some Sega game or like they had Sonic, but like, you know, like some Mortal Kombat or, you know, some characters like that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. How about you, Justin? I'm gonna wreck
1: it. <laughs> <clears throat> I want it. I want it. I need it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would, I'd be, and maybe if they'd even had some more new video game characters that weren't in the, the first film. I'm interested to see that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph enough to, <clears> to see a sequel, so I would not say no to another one. Uh, but, yeah, so if you enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph, let us know what you think on on our page. You can check out Matt Hardiman's piece that he wrote up about Wreck-It Ralph too. there. Uh, the last bit of our, our news for this week is casting news for or kind of recasting news, I guess, for Disney's Planes and additional casting news for Blue Sky's Rio sequel, Rio 2. So, you kind of talked about this before, where John Cryer left. He either left Planes or they asked him to leave. I'm not sure exactly circumstances. You <laughs> But he, from the, we had posted a trailer for, Rudy and I talked about this last week, we posted a trailer for Planes, uh... A lot of people started watching it, and then Disney sent us an email asking us to take it down. So, I mean, I guess it's good to to be be noticed by Disney.
2: <laughs> They're on to yeah. us. I,
0: but I, I think why they asked us to take it down wasn't because because of a copyright issue, because there's enough YouTube channels on there that have other other trailers from different studios just on their own YouTube channels anyways. But this this was on a DVD, and I think the reason they wanted it taken down was because in the trailers John Cryer is still doing the voice of Dusty Crophopper and I think what they're they don't want to release it yet, even though this trailer is on all of those March 12th Blu-rays that's coming out in HD. So if you want to hear John Cryer doing the voice of Dusty Crophopper just buy one of those. You can, you can see it on there. But he's been recast now that's coming out theatrically in films and yeah theaters. Dane Cook is going to be doing the voice of Dusty Now Which is like completely 180 from the voice of John Cryer And I've seen like a lot of people didn't really like that I like Dane Cook personally so I'm okay with it I do think that's interesting going from John Cryer's voice to Dane Cook Because of how, how different they do sound What do you guys think about that recasting?
2: I think it's just a big name. They wanted to get a big name in there, so they got Dane. Uh, Dane Cook, and really, I mean, he's not that huge anymore. He's kind of like died off. I mean, when's the last time you heard his name, Dane Cook?
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got a TV series going to be doing, <laughs> but besides that,
2: yeah, he hasn't I mean, been doing I much think lately. That they were excited that they could get a bigger name on the project, so they went and did it. I think it had nothing to do with if it was the right voice for the movie. I you? think it's all marketing. <laughs>
0: probably How about, how about you just
1: yeah I don't, I don't think they're doing it where it's going to be an ellen situation on nemo where it's almost like that character fits perfectly with the personality of the voice actor i don't think they molded it on john cryer now they, they have to totally rewrite the character for dane cook i think it's just going to be you know another actor plug him in and let him yeah. go so it doesn't bother me at all
0: and I'm wondering how much of the film maybe they'll have to read dub because I'm assuming that Dean Cook might want to, if they if they would allow to improv some lines and like maybe add lines to the film that weren't actually in it before.
2: Yeah. So I'm sorry.
0: Su- go, go ahead.
2: I assume like when they do that type of thing, like the animation's already blocked out. Yeah. And they can just adjust um, the lip sync yeah. to, you know, him. I mean, it's it's not like a terribly hard thing to do but it is very time consuming and tedious I've seen it done before
0: (laughs) yeah on that John Lasseter thing we talked talked about last week there's actually a bit on that where like they're redubbing a scene from Cars 2 to like redo a few words in that so yeah I mean it'll be interesting maybe that it might even get delayed a little bit in theaters because maybe they'll have to redub it a bit or this is old news and they had already started you know redubbing this last year but who knows uh, well i guess we'll find out when they officially released released that second trailer and matt did you get to watch it before they pulled it down
2: i actually got to watch the planes trailer almost a year ago um they had an internal conference at uh, my company last year and i got to see it and, um, you know, it, it didn't, I don't think it had any voiceover in it. It was just like the, you know, si- or you know, teaser trailer.
0: Yeah, there's that first one and then the second <laughs> one like showed more of the story to it and whatnot.
2: Yeah, it, I did, you know, I saw it, like the second link you put up on there Yeah. and I did get to see it um, before it got taken down again. All
0: right, we'll, so. th- we'll talk about that in a few seconds.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and then the next thing is that, Blue Sky is doing a sequel to Rio. Uh, and basically people that they added to the cast besides the returning cast members of Anne Hathaway, Jesse Eisenberg, Jermaine Clement, which Yeah. The, the, I'm glad he's back, but if you saw the first one, that'll be interesting to see how they haven't come back. Uh Will I Am, Tracy Morgan, George Lopez, Leslie Mann, uh, Rodrigo Santaro, better known as Paulo from Lost, <coughs> Bebel? Gilberto, I don't remember that guy. Uh, and then Jake T. Austin and Jamie Fox. Well, I'll be coming back, and then joining them will also be Andy Garcia, Bruno Mars, Kristen Chenoweth, Rita Moreno, Amanda uh, Stenberg, Rachel Crow, Pierce Gagnon, and Natalie Morales. So it seems like they added a few like you know, famous singing voices to that too. Like with Bruno Mars and Kristen Chenoweth, you know, are known for their voice and singing. So I'm assuming, obviously, because the first movie was very musical, there'll, there'll be more music in the sequel to this. Are you guys looking forward to Rio 2? Because I'm not even sure of like the storyline yet. I think it's it's kind of focused around the, the World Cup for soccer, better known as football, around the, the world, not in the U.S. Are you looking forward to Rio 2?
2: Yeah. I mean, Rio was, you know, a great looking movie and I'm excited to see, you know, what they're going to do for Rio two like landscape wise, like what environment they're going to put it in. If it's just like in a, like you said, if it's going to be like, uh, you know, focused around like the football there, um, if it's going to be like in a stadium, you know, you're not going to get those lush backgrounds like in the original Rio. So it'll be interesting to see where they, uh, where they do this.
0: And exactly how they'll incorporate the characters and whatnot. And if these new characters are animals or if they're humans like Mm -hmm. Leslie Mann and Rodrigo Mm -hmm. Santoro. So it'll be interesting to see when that comes out as well. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah, so that's our news for the week. Uh, Back in a few seconds with the new trailers. (laughs) With our new trailers for the week, we're gonna kind of recap Planes and Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, too, just to get Matt's thoughts. And Justin won't really be participating in the trailer section just because he doesn't watch trailers because he doesn't like to be spoiled by movies. So, <laughs> okay, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so uh, Matt, I wanted to, to kind of know what you thought about Planes and Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, too, especially Cloudy, since you loved the first yeah. one so much.
2: Well, uh, let me go through Planes real quick. I saw um, the trailer, which is, has been taken down, again, um, with uh, the their theatrical trailer. And I, you know, I was skeptical about it when it first came out because I saw the teaser trailer. And honestly, for me, I like, you know, a lot of 3D. I like automotive-like 3D. I like, you know, like the modeling aspects. Like, I've built 3D cars myself, so I enjoy watching them. When it's brought to, you know, the the movie screen, I still kind of enjoy, um, you know, watching that. I mean, storyline aside, I'll probably like going to see planes because of the 3D planes, because I like seeing that kind of thing. So... <laughs> Um, for me, I'll probably go see it and like it, but as far as like the story goes, I'm not too excited about it at all. Like it's it's a crop duster, and he's gonna be going through you know that uh, uh, it's the, like that race, the race
0: yeah.
2: yeah. So I mean, it, I'm not excited about the storyline, but just like all the different planes in the movie, I I mean they look pretty cool, and that's what I like seeing built in 3d so those are my thoughts on that yeah um but yeah going off of that and moving on to uh the cloudy uh with a chance of meatballs two holy crap i saw this you know instantly i was like hovering you know over twitter (laughs) and uh you know i saw your like right before you emailed me i had already seen it um, I saw that it came out, and I watched it, and it was awesome. You know, it's it's cool, the storyline where, you know, like, they had to leave, and then they came back. And it's nice to see they have, like, the most popular characters in the movie still. Um, I like Mr. T as Mr. T, sort of. <laughs>
0: well, well, in this movie, uh, Mr. T's been replaced by Terry Crews because apparently awesome. Mr. T... Mr T all didn't right. want to come back but Terry Crews is pretty awesome and he sounds exactly like
2: Yeah, I couldn't even tell. Yeah. So that's a good sign already. But um you know it's it's whole, like the the trailer was hilarious. I liked, you know, uh seeing all like the different creative like animals and whatnot that they made out of this food. And uh it, it I think we spoke one time before how it looks like um, it's like gonna be Jurassic Park. Yeah I hope to God they ha- they rip off the theme music for <laughs> Jurassic Park when they go into this like island again because it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So I cannot wait to see this movie.
0: And Rudy and I touched on it a bit but like I, I loved all the puns in yeah. the trailer, so I'm hoping for tons and tons of puns. Within the film, like the leak in the boat, yeah, yeah. it's like so, piece of cake. And then I like how it goes around and the piece of cakes like yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it is a little weird. The only thing that bothers me just a little bit is how much character there is in like the food because when the food came to life, like in the first movie, like it didn't have any like human oh, yeah. features. It was just food that was alive. And now they're giving the food human features, like just kind of skipping over that kind of logic there, you know?
0: Well, I guess maybe it it morphed with, like, when they went up and tried to...
2: Evolved, yeah.
0: ...to to shut it off in the first movie. Like, maybe, like, all their DNA and animal DNA got mixed in with it.
2: Maybe, like, uh, I don't know, he lost, like, a finger or something in the accident, and that's how the DNA got twined... (laughs) But yeah, I just like saying the word flims to the fur.
0: Yeah. Like Malcolm says in Jurassic Park, life will find a way. Yeah. So, so I'm yeah. excited. Collapse of Chance of too. Uh, from there, Blue Sky is epic. They released a second trailer for that. And it shows a, a bit more of the story. I, I don't think it's really full, fully kind of showing the story yet, though. I mean, you kind of get more of a sense of what the bad guy wants to do and what you know, the heroine of the movie needs to do to, to stop him. What did you think of the additional uh, kind of story beats and the footage that you got to see in the, the new trailer?
2: I'm, I'm still not really excited about this movie yet. I'm st- Well, I do like the, the pug from the last one. That's going to be special. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just, it, it seems like, you know, it seems like a college class for me. Like, they lay out like uh, an assignment, and they're like, "All right, make a whole bunch of different characters." And they designed a whole bunch of different, you know, stylized characters. And they're like, "All right, now just you know, wrap a story around it." And that's what I feel like it's going to become. And it's like something we've already seen before. You know, it's it like in the same vein the- as like
0: Ferngully or Avatar. Yeah. or
2: So it's Dancing like the wolves. So it's like a plagiarized college project. That's my view.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I I like the idea of it. I'm not super excited about it yet. I I like the slugs that are in the movie because I like it as easy and sorry, and but with like the tone of the, it seems like they're trying to go with for the rest of what. I mean, this could all be based on like the marketing and the way that the trailers edited too, yeah. where like the slug doesn't seem to fit in with like the rest of the tone of the movie, but mm-hmm. maybe like within the actual context of the film itself, you know, the it'll slugs, make, it'll make sense. Yeah.
2: It's like the slugs remind me exactly of flushed away. Like the slugs and flushed away.
0: Oh yeah, The, the ones that are just, yeah, the yeah. slugs and flushed
2: away were awesome. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well that worked. That was funny. We're going to put it in this new film and, you know, make that funny too. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it'll probably be a good successful movie, but I'm just saying it's, it looks kind of scripted as a college assignment.
0: Yeah. Well, if you guys get a chance to watch the trailer, definitely uh, check it out Mm -hmm. on our site and leave a comment. Let us know what what you think about the movie too. Uh, The next bit I posted, posted this on our site as well uh, with the, the Brazilian uh, poster for monsters university. Uh, the Japanese trailer was released for Monsters University, which is kind of funny because I have this other app on my phone that shows what I did like a year ago, and they released the Japanese trailer for Brave exactly a year ago from when they released this Monsters University Japanese trailer. So I thought that was kind of interesting. They released it on exactly the same day. Uh, This shows a lot more footage from the film, so if you do not want to be spoiled by before the movie don't watch it I mean even if you don't understand Japanese it still shows enough of I mean you can understand what's going on just from watching it and seeing the scenes that they show Uh,
2: I guess it's called good animation
0: Matt do you do you want to talk about what they they show in it I guess give a spoiler warning to people to skip ahead a few well I've kind of
2: steered away from it actually I have not seen
0: all say is there's a character in a context you haven't seen them before within the trailer shows more scenes uh from what we know about what's going on in the movie so you get a little bit more of a basis of what of that and it, it really maps out like the plot line of the movie kind of within this trailer so you know like what's exactly going on where it starts and where that like by-line, uh through line goes all the way almost to the end of the movie <laughs> so definitely if if you just want to see more footage from this all the the new a- animated footage in it looks beautiful just as you would expect it to, but definitely if you do not want to be spoiled from the movie, do not watch it. Especially if you understand Japanese, because then you know exactly what they're saying in the trailer. But yeah, so that's the New Monsters University Japanese trailer, and then Jane the Bob super groovy cartoon movie. Yeah. Uh, do not watch this trailer if you are at work. It is not safe for work. No. Uh, if you've watched any of Kevin Smith's other movies that star Jane the Bob. It is exactly that that same type of humor, uh, you know, DNF yeah. jokes. <clears throat> I'm trying to if go, I'm like... trying to go PG with what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, DNF jokes. Uh, there's probably gonna be cartoon nudity. I'm assuming.
2: It's, if I could say something real quick, this is a stoner movie.
0: Definitely. If it, it comes out wanna... April 20th, just you know, two, four. Yeah,
2: four. the animation in it is crude it's cheap and it's you know it's really like they made a cartoon like over like a live action movie
0: you know yeah and and Jason Mewes was was pretty much the head of the producing this film too because (laughs) I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the animation that's done for this is done by the same guy that they have doing the animation for the uh, show, which is basically animated versions of the podcasts that they release for Smodcast.
2: It's not good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely uh, like a cruder type of animation. It's, it's, it's by no means like polished. And it's definitely like, like you were saying, it's, it's aimed at a direct crowd. I mean, I, I'll watch it because I like Jane Silent Bob. Yeah. Uh, I don't partake in their extracurricular activities, but <laughs> I, I do en- enjoy Jane Silent Bob. I like Kevin Smith. So, I mean, I'll watch this. It's it's kind of like if you guys saw Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, it's almost what I'm assuming what the live-action movie they were shooting in that that film would be if it was an animated movie with uh, Bluntman and Chronic from the vsq universe and and the superheroes that are becoming it so I mean I'll, I'll watch it they are I guess they're do, Kevin Smith is doing a tour for it the same way you did with red, red state so if it comes to your town I posted a link to it so you can click that and if you want to go check it out they're they're doing like VIP things where it's like I think it's like 300 dollars you get a, a t-shirt an autograph poster you get to meet <laughs> James you get to meet Kevin Smith and uh, Jason Mewes, and then you get to go to the this Q and A and watch the movie as well. So
2: that's funny. You got to see Kevin Smith in person the one time, right?
0: Yeah, when I went to Comic Con back in two thousand ten, I met him. He gave and I told him that I had, that I was like an aspiring filmmaker. and he, His autograph that he gave to me was to be a way better filmmaker than him.
2: I think you, if you see him again, should give him your autograph. And on your autograph, it should say "Make better cartoons." <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be funny but then I'd probably never get a job
2: no it would be hilarious and he would give you a job for having the balls I, to yeah actually he
0: probably would with this type of humor, maybe he would do that
2: exactly reversed side cartoonage
0: yeah yeah so those are our new trailers for the week uh, we'll be coming back in a few seconds and Justin will be, re- be coming back for our recommendations spin it So back with our recommendations for the week I'm, I'm being greedy and I'm, I'm recommending two things that are both half an hour long so you better watch them uh, the first one is kind of it's somewhat in the same vein as what I recommended last week with, with uh, John Lasseter this inside Pixar it's like another thing where it tours the studio a bit uh, and they do an interview with, it's not entirely focused around John Lasseter but it, it's talking about the studio and how after its, its win from... It's basically spotlighting the studio after it won its Oscar for Brave. And like what the studio does, it talks a bit about the films that they have coming up, like Monsters University, Good Dinosaur, Inside Out, and then Leon Ricks... Uh, yeah, can never say his name right, even though it's completely can <laughs> easy to say. Uh, the Day of the Dead film, and then other stuff they have in the works... Uh, and I really like watching these type of things because every time I do watch them, it just makes me want to have a career for that studio even more <laughs> than I do now. And it, it makes me feel like I know that much more about the studio and then I get to see a little bit more in there. So I'm looking forward to the day, hopefully, that that we finally get a studio tour and get to go walk around there. Uh, but yeah, so definitely check that out if you are any bit of a Pixar fan and you're interested in like what they do at the studio. You guys get to watch like a little bit of this at all. I know it's half an hour, so I didn't expect you to watch the entire thing.
2: Yeah, I went through a little bit. of It It was pretty interesting. I mean, I've seen some clips of inside of Pixar before, and this is, it, you know, shows you a little more. And it's it's interesting to see, you know, it, it shows that they how their you know work environment, uh, you know, uh, plays out and how they get uh, people to try and. Come up with you know good ideas and how they designed you know the how the interior of Pixar behind it and stuff like that. So it was pretty neat. Definitely.
0: And I don't, I don't know if Justin watched <laughs> this or not because he told me he didn't because he likes Matt more than me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank
1: anything you. That Mark recommends I don't watch it, but if Matt recommends, I'm on. It. Damn
0: right. Uh, the the other thing was which um, kind of upset they didn't put it on the actual Blu-ray. Was a Fix It Felix Jr. mockumentary, kind of like in the same style. If if you guys have seen, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, it's kind of it's almost it's similar to that. Where it's about uh, this dude that got the high score on Fix It Felix Jr. when he was a little kid, and then he rose he rose to fame. What'd you say, Justin? I fix, it. <laughs> fix It Felix. Uh, yeah, yeah, he rose to fame after winning it, and. It's really funny. Uh, Rich Moore is actually in it as himself directing this documentary. It's it's I guess it's a little bit more adult in humor. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's why they didn't put it on the actual Blu-ray, but I wish they would have. Uh, and then a few weeks later, this guy broke his record, and it's about uh, this original kid trying to beat that record again. What did you think about it, Matt? Because, again, I know Justin didn't watch it.
2: I, I, I watched, like, the first five minutes of it, and then I skimmed to the end to just get, you know, like, what happened. It's funny. It's a nice mockumentary. It's hilarious that, you know, the director, Rich Moore, um, did it. And I think I saw that um, documentary in the Fistful of Quarters. That was uh, <laughs> pretty hilarious. <laughs> so um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know, like, what kind of a reach it has. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, it was pretty neat. Uh,
0: I guess if you think about it, though, in the context of what we learned from the Wreck-It-Ralph movie, though. Yeah. When, when that arcade console gets un- unplugged, spoiler alert, at the end of this documentary, it was during gameplay. So, all the Nice Landers, Ralph, and Fix-It Felix in that version of that game are all dead. Yep. So, let's have a moment of silence for, for them. i was like oh no that's horrifying they're all dead (laughs) so yeah so definitely if if you liked wreck it ralph and you like that style of humor definitely check that out if you're not justin go go watch it (laughs) but uh the next recommendation is from matt and it's called fat
2: yeah this um this is another uh animated film off of vimeo so if you go to Vimeo and it's from the Fat Team, it's uh, it's directed by um a foreign company, um which I cannot pronounce a single one of their names. It's won um a ton of awards. Um, and the basic uh synopsis of this animated film is uh, it's it's a farm and the animals it's like it's weird it's like a phenomenon you yeah. know that movie Phenomenum? i can't even Phenomenum. say it. yeah it's like there's this weird thing happening where like the animals are like blowing up like like he- like helium balloons and they're floating around that's i mean maybe that was their translation from whatever language not fat it was helium that's yeah. what they were trying to get at but um yeah, like the animals are like f- like just randomly like blowing up, and the farmer is like, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. There's some, there's some really funny uh, uh, snippets in here. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about like the the stylization of the film, which looks it looks pretty cool. Um, it's got this two D three D look to it. You know, all like the textures have that hand painted look, yeah. and it's it's really cool. You know, even some of the effects they have in there are pretty stylized. And uh, there's some there's some comedy in there, which is pretty good. There's no dialogue, and that's when you know you have like a, you're watching like a good animated film is when there's no dialogue and you know exactly what's going on. So it's it's really cool. It's really funny, and that's my recommendation for the week.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, there's there's a scene where the the farmer's milking a cow. <laughs> yeah. And then a bull gets pushed in front of him, and it's, it's a little bit different than what you usually see when that happens in a different cartoon. Yeah. The, the bull doesn't make the the face that you'd think he would make <laughs> when he's being quote-unquote milked. Yeah. So, go check it out. It's pretty funny. Justin, what did you think about Matt's recommendation?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. The humor was what I enjoyed the most and uh, seeing that the the gag of the inflated things flying around. Definitely enjoyed it. And I'm glad Matt recommended it and I watched it and I didn't watch Mark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so go from that, let's talk about Justin's not safe for work recommendation.
1: Yeah. If you want to have last year's best animated film completely ruined for you, then you should watch the Paperman threesome parody done by College Humor. It takes the idea of the relationship between the characters and Paper Man to a whole new level.
0: (laughs) And What happens after the short film ends.
1: Yeah. And it kind of goes into looking at it more from, instead of kind of that fantasy aspect, more realistic. Um, What would happen if these two characters had just met started talking to each other? And there is dialogue in this one, Paper Man, so... I thought it was hilarious, and the Paperman threesome is only two minutes long, but if you're Mark Viver, it'll take you ten minutes to load it.
0: Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> stupid internet sucks.
1: Yeah, th- this was
2: hilarious. I saw it, and like, I thought the first like two, like maybe like couple seconds of it was from the actual like Paperman because that's how well done it is. Oh, yeah,
0: it's it's definitely like, a good recreation of what the it looks like.
2: Yeah, like. like The quality is spot on. Like, you can't even tell. Like, it is Paper Man and someone else just, like, it's like if someone stole the render engine and, like, created their own little thing just animating. Like, there it is, you know? Yeah. Totally awesome.
0: Yeah, so definitely check that out, but don't watch it at work or with your kids. <laughs> yeah, so those are our recommendations for the week, and we'll be back in a few minutes, or not a few minutes, <laughs> a few seconds with our main topic, talking about the Disney Afternoon.
1: ...marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears, bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. Magic and mystery are part of their
0: We're back with our main topic for the week, a Disney afternoon. Uh, The Disney afternoon was basically a two-hour television programming block back in the the early 90s that Disney did that had many of, I believe, the three of our favorite shows from that time period, you know, Darkwing Duck, Duck DuckTales, Tailspin. Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, and all, it was kind of our goof trip, and like all these kind of repurposed characters that we had seen on other shows before, or in other things. Uh, and it basically was on from the 19, 1990 to 1997, with different shows throughout that time. Uh, and what do you guys remember about the Disney afternoon when you were kids?
1: I loved the Disney afternoon. That was my favorite time period. And that was during a time when I didn't, I wasn't a huge Disney fan, but they had all the programming that I loved, especially Darkwing Duck being a superhero aspect of it. That, for me, was fantastic. Some of the best theme songs of all times, from Rescue Rangers to Gummy Bears and uh, even Tailspin, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but just there was some great animated programming it was almost like the kids' equivalent of TGIF, which oh, yeah. was on ABC at the time. Uh, and I love that.
0: Let's t- let's test this out. DuckTales. No, nobody did, <laughs> nobody did it. Nobody did it. Nobody <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. did. <laughs> <laughs> I heard
2: something in the background. There. That was me. That was pretty uh, funny. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yes, so I, I guess let's start off talking about Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Uh I remember I really enjoyed this at Monterey Jack, Widget. I don't remember the name of the did what was the name of the fly? Do you guys remember the name of the fly?
2: Oh god, I don't remember I I, guess
0: I liked that like Chip and Dale and this like their their attire, like uh Chip had the had the, you know, like the bomber jacket on with the fedora. And then Dell, you because know, he's the crazy one. He had a swine shirt on. Uh, you actually tell
1: apart.
0: Yeah. Except, well, yeah, I, I could never figure out which one was Chip and which one was Dale. And then I associated Chip is the one with the the black nose because I would go chocolate chip for his nose and then Dale. You raised. Just, some... What? Chip, chocolate chips. In there. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but yeah, Monterey Jack was in there. He was, he was a big fat uh, dude. Uh, and then get oh yeah gadget not not widget gadget was the the female mouse and then zipper was the housefly. Uh, oh, yeah. I've seen
1: some great gadget cosplay recently. Woo!
0: <laughs> and they're kind of like a like a detective agency re- slash rescue rangers, obviously that like went on these missions to to save different people and solve things that were going on. And I remember the the Disney store that I worked at it for a while was like an older one. So they had, like, all these cool, uh, like, statues at the top of, near, like, the, the ceiling of the stores. And they actually had a Chippendale Rescue Rangers, like, area part of it. And I always wondered, like, how many, like, younger kids that were coming in there now even, like, knew what that was besides just recognizing Chippendale on it. But, <laughs> Matt, do you know what I'm talking about? Because it's the one at, at Syracuse and at Carousel Mall.
2: Sorry, say that again?
0: it's, it's uh, the Disney Store at Carousel Mall. Didn't yeah, yeah, off. yeah, I
2: remember that. Yeah, so,
0: but yeah, like, what did you, what do you guys remember about Chippendale Rescue Rangers?
2: Well, I I mean I remember a lot about um, the video game actually. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have um, the video game, and it was called Chippendale Rescue Rangers: The Adventures in Nimble's Castle. <laughs> and I used to play that all the damn time, and I loved it. And, you know, the Saturday afternoon um, – oh, sorry, Disney afternoon. Yeah, it's Saturday right now. <laughs> but um, it, just um, that whole lineup of shows were awesome. And I remember um, distinctly all the music for every one of those. Yeah. So it was just a yeah. great, yeah. a great, you know, uh, bundle of entertainment.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like the the early 90s were, were like a really good and booming time for disney bec- between the disney renaissance for their films and then yeah. the disney afternoon for their animated television series too uh it was kind of funny the Chippendale Rush rangers actually had a cameo from darkwing duck on an episode called twitching channels which basically just went into a darker duck on that or it was other universes <laughs> and then apparently aladdin Cameoed on Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers <laughs> at one point, and it and according this is all this is according to Wikipedia. And it says Aladdin 1994 1995 question mark. So they don't even know what episode he was in. I remember there's the, there's McDonald's toys for these. This was back when McDonald's toys were really awesome in the early '90s. Uh, apparently there's a they were you know how they did the Ducktales the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp. We'll talk about in a few seconds. Uh, they were going to do a uh, film for Chippendale Rescue Rangers as well, which, that would have been cool if they had done that. I would have I would have watched that. And DuckTales, uh, Hidden in the Treasure, or, crap, The Treasure of the Lost Lamp is kind of like a, somewhat like cult classic in its own sense now, uh, because of how hard it is to find on DVD and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's our talk about Chip and Rescue Rangers. The next one is Tailspin, which I, I really enjoy, enjoyed as a kid. I liked Baloo a lot from The Jungle Book. And Tailspin is almost kind of like a repurposing of the characters from Jungle Book in the sense that now Baloo is a pilot that delivers things around this island. Shere Khan is like this high-powered kind of remember it was like a businessman or something like that uh king louis is now like he runs a, a bar <laughs> what do you guys remember about tailspin
2: the theme song yeah
0: sing it Jason.
2: I, I barely remember anything else about it i mean i'm it's, looking up like the wiki or you know like google images and i'm it's slowly coming back but
1: holy cow yeah i wasn't a big fan when it was on for some reason like I don't know why I just wasn't... I wasn't a big Jungle Book fan, I guess, at the time. So the characters didn't really mean that much to me, but I just... I I gravitated towards Darkwing Duck. Like I said, um, Rescue Rangers, Gummy Bears. uh, Those were the ones that really stood out for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so so in this, like I was saying, Baloo is a hotshot pilot here of the series. Louie, owner of Baloo's favorite bar. Shere Khan is a business tycoon. However, Mowgli... Bagheera, Ka and Colonel Hathi are not in the show at all. Uh, so, so that's kind of. Int- w- I think it would have been weird had Mowgli been in it, since this this like kind of universe that this mo- the show takes place in is all pretty much like animals as as like quote unquote humanoid kind kind of characters in that. But Kit Cloudkicker, which was Baloo's kind of sidekick, kind I guess kind of stand in. For Mowgli within this uh, and I, I remember I really liked this and the way that like I, I know I just liked the the way that the series took place and uh, all of these shows that we're talking about actually have been released on DVD by Disney too mm-hmm. so you can buy Chip and Dow Rescue Rangers, Tailspin
2: hold on a second yeah all right. Do not Google That's Tailspin. True. There's a lot of furry porn Tailspin out there.
0: <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of Rule Thirty Four going on.
2: <laughs> yeah. What the hell?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, that happens with anything you Google. Like, like I, I Google Jurassic Park Happy Birthday this morning, and I got a really <laughs> weird picture of Jeff Goldblum.
2: <laughs> you need to start figuring out some more algorithm filters for this Google shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I, I really enjoy Tailspin and I would definitely watch more of it if they put more of it out. But then the next thing we're talking about, DuckTales. Nope, not it nobody did it again. Uh, with with Uncle Scrooge and Huey Dewey and Louie. Uh and do we ever find out who Huey Dewey and Louie's actual father is, because Donald is their uncle. Scrooge is their uncle. So is where is their absent father? Absent. And then Huey, Dewey, and Louie also have a, a sister in this as well. Hmm. hmm. And, Her name is Pewy. She yeah. stinks. Pewee. Like, she came out and she was like, oh, Pewee. I don't know. Uh, but what do you guys remember about DuckTales?
1: Honestly... <laughs>
2: The video game again. I had the <laughs> DuckTales video game. And the one thing about this freaking game was it had a code you had to put into the beginning. And if you didn't get it right, you couldn't play the game. <laughs> and I had lost the code. And it, and I spent hours just trying to like randomly put it in. And I've maybe played it like three <laughs> times.
0: Oh, man. I had the Game Boy uh,
1: DuckTales game. And I used to play that all the time.
0: Uh, apparently in that, that new Disney Infinity game that's coming out too, at least Uncle Scrooge's money bank is going to be in it that you can use and go in and jump into oh, and swim yeah. around in the, the coins nice. just like Uncle Scrooge can. Uh, yeah, then the, then they did the the Disney Toon film DuckTales, the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. I, I really like this a lot. It's, it's almost essentially, I guess, DuckTales doing Aladdin in some kind of sense. Uh, Christopher Lloyd does a voice in it as Murloc, though, so that's pretty awesome. Any bit of Christopher Lloyd is always good in my book. Uh, so what did you guys remember about the, the film that they did?
2: Not much. Oh, man. But, <laughs> I don't but, think I've... Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? I don't think I've seen
0: it. It is hard to come by. I, I had it on VHS... And then the only way I was able to get the DVD was through either the Disney Movie Club or Disney Movie Rewards because they don't sell it like outright by itself. Hmm. How about you, Justin?
1: Yeah, I watched it maybe one or two times on VHS, but I don't have a huge memory for it. I remember the TV show a lot more because uh, I, was, I was I was a huge fan of DuckTales. I, I used to watch it. A lot of these ones, just every day after school, coming home, Watching, sitting down, watching them all in a row. Um, and not looking forward to Tailspin for whatever reason, but looking forward to Darkwing Duck. Um, Gummy Bears was only in the first season of the Disney Afternoon, but yeah. to this day, it's still one of my favorite theme songs of all time.
0: Gummy Bears. I'll uh, we'll, we'll have Justin link you to the Didn't Alicia Keys do a version of that, Justin?
1: Yeah, she did it on Jimmy Fallon, and there's a fantastic if you just uh, into themes. There's uh, the guys from Workaholics um, under the Mail Order Comedy uh, Troop site on uh, you They have a YouTube channel, and they did a a theme addict. If you just search for theme addict, you'll find oh, yeah, it. Oh, I remember that. But they he goes <laughs> it's um, a comedy parody of um a, one of the you know the background singers for a theme song. Um, from the '90s, uh, so reliving some of your favorite stuff, and gummy bears is one of them. So, yeah, it was pretty funny.
0: Uh, and then, kind of launching off of this, Launchpad McQuack. Oh yeah. Who, which is also now a band name, just because of how awesome his name is. Uh, spun off, Darkwing Duck spun off of Ducktales. Launchpad mm-hmm. McQuack became a character on Darkwing Duck because he's. Yep. And Darkwing Duck is the terror that flaps in the night. Uh, so Justin, since it's your seems to be your favorite show, I'll have you start off talking about what you remember most about Darkwing Duck.
1: Uh, Darkwing is kind of a Batman parody, uh, with Ducktales, like you said, a spinoff of Ducktales. So it's a, a duck themed character, but um, he's he has a costume like Batman, similar to it, uh, with a cape and a mask, and he uses Instead of a a grappling gun, like a gas gun, where he shoots gas pellets at people, kind of <laughs> the Disney-friendly version where he just knocks people out. But I always loved seeing his villains that he was gonna have, which is also kind of a parody of Batman's rogues gallery. Uh, seeing Mega Duck was always my favorite because he was the analogy, the the villainous analogy of Darkwing Duck, uh, kind of the the reverse, almost the reverse Flash, if you will, of Darkwing Duck. And so that that was what get, just got me was the the hero, the costumed hero version um, theme of, of Darkwing Duck is what hooked me when I was a kid. And uh, I remember seeing it premiere, and then the theme song was fantastic. And Jim Cummings, one of my favorite voice actors, was the voice of Darkwing Duck. And uh, he's also the voice of Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> if you're not familiar with Jim Cummings. But he's one of my favorite actors. And um, every week I was... Enthralled with Darkwing,
0: because when there's trouble, you call D.W. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really, I actually, and this is on DVD too, so I've, I want to like actually get all these Disney Afternoon at, at some point. But I I really enjoyed Darkwing Duck a lot, and, and like you're saying, it it was it had like more of a superhero thing going for it, and then he had his little. Uh, it's kind of like an adopted daughter, uh, Gosselin Mallard, who got to uh, mischief and then he had to get her out of that. She usually was the one that would save the day.
1: Yeah, almost like a Inspector Gadget type of uh, where Penny was the one oh, who yeah. actually solved the, the crimes. But yeah, and I love the the pulp aspect to it as well. Like the There's the Golden Age superheroes like um, Doc Savage, Green Hornet, Batman, the Shadow, like... All those type of characters as well. It's kind of that, um, the pulp noir um, Disney fied version of it, is is something I would loved as well. And a little bit of trivia: the city that they live in in uh, in Darkwing Duck, Saint Canard, is supposed to be a direct parody of Gotham City. <laughs> hmm.
0: There was also a video game for Darkwing Duck too, uh, that they released for. Their, I never played that one. The original NES and the Game Boy. I think yeah. this. Uh, you, since you guys were talking about those two, I think this was actually the only one that I had. and I, I think I had it for the regular Nintendo. Mm. And it, it was like a side-scrolling type thing. Uh, and I guess they have since released a mobile uh, phone game app for it, too. So, so definitely, I'm definitely going to search for that and try to find uh, it.
1: Mr. Vibbert, I have a little bit of trivia that you'll be interested in. Go ahead. Christine Cavanaugh is the voice of... Uh, Goslin. Did you know she's also the voice of Chucky on Rugrats? She was also the voice of Dexter on Dexter's Laboratory. Also, the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. (laughs) And your favorite. That's it.
0: And my favorite, my favorite what?
1: Oh. Um, She. she is the actress that is on um, – uh, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Um, well, yeah, you love that. Yeah, you love it. <laughs>
2: there you go.
0: Apparently, the the genie from Aladdin also cameoed on, on Darkwing Duck, too. He gets mm. transformed into Darkwing Duck. What? Yeah, so there's some weird cameos going on in these – yeah. Uh yeah, kind of the, the opening to Darkwing Duck that was kind of almost like a direct parody of the animated series too.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't see what show you're talking about, Justin. I oh, know. Yeah. So well, she shorts.
1: also she was babe and babe. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Uh yeah, so Darkwing Duck, uh Gummy Bears. Yes. I'll let you start off this one too, Justin.
1: Bouncing here and there and everywhere. The gummy bears were so good, and the, the gummy berry juice, which was like their superpower, basically where they they drank this strange uh, fluid, and then they could bounce higher and and be stronger than everybody. So that I had this gummy bear doll that was it the the rump of the doll was <laughs> a rubber ball, so oh. you would throw so it, it down ahead. and it would bounce up, and <laughs> I was. I was a huge Gummy Bears fan when I was a little kid.
0: What abouts here and there and everywhere. Yeah,
1: and it was like this medieval theme, and there was Dungeons and Dragons, and, and the bad guy's name was Dookie, so everyone <laughs> laughed at him. So that was one of my favorites. And like I said, it was only in the first season of the Disney Afternoon, but I still, you know, through reruns, I still kept watching it over and over again. That was one of my early favorite Disney animated uh, cartoons.
0: Cubby, Sonny, Gruffy. <laughs> Z- Zummy, Tummy and Grammy.
1: I'm wondering if it would hold up today if I watched it because I have so many good memories of it. I I almost don't want to watch it and be disappointed and be like, "Oh man, this is not as good as I remember." Yeah.
2: And you know what it is? It's we all watched these cartoons on tube TVs.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Kids these days don't know what that is. Yeah.
0: Patrick does. Because <laughs> he's got my old TV and his well, I oh, yeah. did use my old TV, and he also knows what a v- VCR is too. So. What? Let's uh, that, gummy bear juice. Gummy bear juice is a concoction formulated using gummy berries by the gummy bears. The mm. recipe known only by Grammy Gummy until she later taught it to Sunny Gummy. <laughs> the juice is produced by adding six handfuls of red berries. You guys write this recipe down so you can make yeah. your own. Then four orange berries, three purple berries, four blueberries. 3 green berries and 1 yellow berry.
1: There's the... got to be an alcoholic equivalent to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: sure there is. Uh really? the recipe ends with the three step stir. First stir slow to the right, then slow to the left, then tap the pot to banish the bubbles.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what it, that's the recipe.
1: <laughs> I want to drink this gummy berry juice. Then miss the vodka stuff. Yeah.
0: I feel like uh this gummy berry juice was just a a way for uh them to reference alcohol in the show. It's not that's not good.
1: Every time I eat the candy gummy bears, I always think about this <laughs> television theme song.
0: Was this show basically just based off of the the candy gummy no, bear song? I don't
1: think so, but they uh, they got they got me in my in my mind I associate the two, so <laughs> they should have marketed it that way.
0: And the the great Rob Paulson also did a voice on yeah. that show as well. Uh, the next two we're going to be talking about kind of go together. Bonkers, which I don't remember if you guys remember this at yep. all.
1: I was a I was a big Bonkers fan.
0: Bonkers is uh, it's an anthropomorphic bobcat who mm-hmm. was a popular cartoon star, kind of kind of similar to you know like Roger Rabbit in that sense, I guess. He appeared in Disney's raw tunage shorts in the fictional yep. world of bonkers as well. He had washed washed out of show business and became a cop. He was made the junior partner of Detective Lucky Pequel, a grim and ill tempered human who hates tunes. So it's it's somewhat similar to a little bit in premise to Roger Rabbit, I guess, with the fact that it's a tune working with a human that doesn't really like tunes. So, so, Justin, what did... Uh, and Matt, what do you guys remember about Bonkers?
1: I remember well, it
2: being pretty
0: hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was voiced by Jim Cummings, again.
0: Voice acting legend.
1: Bonkers B. Bobcat was his full name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a big fan of Bonkers. And did you guys ever see the the short... Or the, the compilation that Bonkers came out of, which was Disney's Raw Tunage?
0: No, I never I don't think I ever saw that. Oh,
1: that's see, that's why you never heard of uh, I was talking to Vibbert off Mike that's why you never heard of Marsupalamis, because you never saw Raw Tunage. Raw Tunage was a half hour Disney uh, series that, strangely enough aired on CBS, not ABC and it was like um, a mashup and it had all these, diff- actually, Goslin appears on uh, Raw Tunage um, a, a number of characters um, from Tailspin appeared. Um, Louis from Little Mermaid appeared. Captain Hook appears. Um, actually, you should track it down, uh, Vibert. if you can find it on YouTube. Rob Paulson is a voice on it. Like, all of these things that we love um, are all in raw tunage. And that's where I found out, or that's where I found Marsupalami, which was a popular Belgian comic strip, and then they adapted it. Michael Actually, Michael Eisner bought the rights of it. And then they they put it into Raw Tunage, and then it kind of spun off and got its own show later. Uh, but they, yeah, the all of these characters I associate with Raw Tunage, and then they got into the Disney Afternoon. So there, there was um, a lot of fun uh, mashups there.
0: Hmm. What's kind of interesting this the show since it kind of has the premise of like cartoons living in like a like a human world with. Similar to Roger Rabbit. Uh, it had a lot of cameos in it too, like as the Mad Hatter, March Hare, and the Dormouse from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. That, that live in the H of the Hollywood sign, apparently. And the, the Doorknob also makes a cameo from that too. Late Aiding the Tramp make a cameo. Uh, Darkwing Duck, again. <laughs> Goofy from Goof Troop. Uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and then Briar Bear from Song of the South. So that's, that's kind of interesting, like how they were able to do that since, you know, it does. And then, like you're saying, Marsupalami also has a cameo within this. Yeah. Which will segue us into the next show we talk about, Marsupalami. Marsupalami.
1: Yeah. Marsupalami, another one that I just, the theme song resonates with me, and it it takes me back to the show every time I hear it. Actually, that stuck with me more than anything from the show. It's interesting how music, uh, we associate it with our memories and things like that, but... Um, it's it wasn't actually a part of the Disney afternoon but like I said it it was similar to Bonkers in that it came out of raw tunage and it was based on a Belgian comic strip uh, about this uh, strange yellow cat um, that I I uh, really enjoyed and it it was the humor of it that uh, that got to me so a lot of these uh, Disney animated cartoons, it ended up being, okay, yeah, yeah, if I thought they were funny, then they were my favorite shows. And D- Darkwing Duck it had the superhero pulp um, acts, aspect to it as well. So, yeah, is it was a crazy mashup of things going on and um, this fantasy world where, you know, anything could happen. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out if you have a chance to uh, see some find some clips on YouTube or something.
0: He looks familiar, but I don't think I ever watched marsupalami at all
1: gotta look at raw Toonie. yeah
0: i will be doing that uh yeah so and after marsupalami uh goof troop which would then lead us to the goofy movies uh i remember i remember i, I think goof troop was got me to initially start liking goofy more mm. than i had originally liked him when i was younger and then I liked that they introduced this on Max into that as well. And we have, we have to be thankful for Goof Troop since it did give us the goofy movie. Uh, so so what did you what do you guys remember the most about Goof Troop and what did you like about it?
1: A theme song. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the I mean the music really sticks out, and like Justin was saying, that's the one thing that really sticks in your memory. I can't remember too much of the animation at all.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and Goof Troop was... When they started adding Goof Troop, that was the third season of um, the the Disney Afternoon. That's when I, I actually moved away from the United States, and my dad was in the military, so we um, he moved me over to uh, Korea. So that was when I, I, I didn't have television. So I was in the early Disney Afternoon phase, the seasons one and two, but then when they started adding Goof Troop and um, later Aladdin, I was overseas, so I actually couldn't watch it anymore. So I have less memories of those than I do the earlier ones, but um, Goof Troop was, I was kind of like you, Mark, where I didn't like Goofy a lot when I was a kid, so Goof Troop didn't appeal to me too much, and similar to Tailspin, it was like, I, yeah, I liked the theme song, uh, but I, I never really got into the episodes, and wh- I think when like Goof Troop or Tailspin came on, I would kind of go go play basketball or go get something to eat or something, then come back and then, oh, okay, yeah, now Darkwing's on or, you know, you know now uh, Bonkers is on or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm glad Goof Trip existed so it helped me to, like, Goofy and to, to also, you know, give us a Goofy movie.
1: I wish I'd watched it more when it was on.
0: Yeah. We, we kind of talked about this a little bit when we did the Disney Renaissance. They did the but uh, i guess the Aladdin tv series is considered part of the disney afternoon mm-hmm. and they added it during the the fifth se- fifth, uh, fifth season of disney afternoon in 95 like kind of shortly after the movie came out
1: yeah that's when they started doing those anim you know the tv spin-offs of the movies yeah uh, we ended up getting a lot of those like with lion king and uh, and yeah.
0: timon and pumbaa uh and then around that same time gargoyles came out. I remember like a lot of kids in my in my classes in elementary school's like really liked the gargoyles. I never got too much into it. I liked that there is like somewhat with like time travel involved in it and it kind of like explained like a myth- mythology for gargoyles and like they could only you know come out at night or and they turned to stone during the day. And I liked that they all kind of had names that were that they took. For, you know, like since it takes place it takes place in New York City, so like there's one called Hudson, and oh, I can't remember. I remember there's one Goliath, but that's not really New York City. But do you guys remember watching Gargoyles at all?
2: I, I do actually a little bit. I remember, um, like you were talked about like the mythology about you know they would turn into stone and all that um (laughs) that's about it though
1: gargoyles for me the thing that stood out was the introduction of keith david's voice he was the main gargoyle and he ended up doing spawn later for the hbo television series and then i got to know him as an on-camera actor later but his voice uh oh he did those ups commercials what can brown do for you That that voice to me always stands out like a perfect animated voice.
0: Uh, Yeah, Goliath was Keith David. Hudson was Ed Asner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who everybody may know as Carl Fredrickson or Lou Grant or Grammy Goodness, depending on what shows you've watched. Broadway, Bill uh, Fadgerbach. Lexington. Uh, Brooklyn, Jeff Jeff Bennett. That voice sounds. I mean, t- seems familiar.
1: Yeah, he's done a lot of animated. Um, Jeff Bennett was on Batman: Brave and the Bold. Um, I, I think he did the Joker. He, he's done a lot of work.
0: Uh, Bronx, F- Frank Walker, which that name also sounds yes. Really familiar. Yes. Uh, and then, then some of these aren't really you know New York City related. Angela, Foo Dog, <laughs> Katana, Nashville. That's not even anywhere near near New York. Uh, Ag- Aguardo, uh is a yet-to-be-hatched gargoyle egg. <laughs> uh, Othello, Desmondia, and those are all the Manhattan clan.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: And uh, so, yeah, so the, the basic story of gargoyles was the series features a species of nocturnal creatures known as gargoyles that turn to stone during the day, focusing on a clan led by Goliath. In the year 994, the clan lives in a castle in medieval Scotland alongside humans until many of them are killed by betrayal and the remainder are magically frozen in stone until the castle rises above the clouds. A millennium later in 1994 billionaire David Xantos purchases the gargoyles castle and has it reconstructed atop his New York city skyscraper, awakening the six remaining gargoyles In yes. trying to adjust to their new world. They are aided by a sympathetic NYPD detective Eliza, Maza, Meza, and quickly come into conflict with the plotting Xantos. In addition to dealing with the Gargoyles' attempts to ad- adjust to modern New York, the series also incorporated various supernatural threats to their safety and to the world at large.
1: Yeah, a oh, uh, quick follow-up. Jeff Bennett was Joker on Batman Brave and the Bold. He was also Captain Marvel, Abracadabra. He was Alfred in Batman Year One, and he, was, he did voices on Phineas and Ferb. Ben Ten, uh, oh, you will know Jeff Bennett's voice if you hear it. He also was a, a voice in Frank and Weenie, Gravity Falls, and Epic Mickey 2, He played Mr. Smee. Yeah. Nice.
0: nice. Uh, this this next series uh, is another spin-off of of li- of like a, a movie, of The Lion mm-hmm. King's Timon and Pumbaa, and I, I for some reason I remember this show way better than I should, and. Mm-hmm. It, this existed before they did Lion King One and a Half, And it's basically a series that falls around Timon and Pumbaa. And I'm assuming it's before Simba ever came into their life. Or, I don't know, maybe after all the movies ended. Whatever timeline you want to go with for this. Jeff Bennett also did a voice in this as well. Uh, yes. Brad Garrett, Rob Paulson. There's Jim Cummings again. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Cartwright. So, uh, did did you guys watch the Timon and Pumbaa animated series? Which was kind of funny is that uh, Nathan Lane did not do the voice for this. Or voice early episodes, Nathan Lane did do the voice, then Kevin Schoen, and then Quentin Flynn. So, Timon got changed around a lot, but Ernie Sabella always was Pumbaa.
1: Yeah. I don't have a huge memory of this because I was, like I said, I was overseas, and we only had one American channel, so they only got to play certain... Uh, cartoons or certain American programs, because it was, it was only so much time that they could uh, fit in there. But I do want to say Cam Clark is another name that I recognize. He did the voice of Simba, and he is a huge video game and voice actor. Um, most notably, you'd know him as Leonardo on uh, the '90s Teenage Ninja Turtles. Huh. But he was also in uh, games. Every time, to- but every time I hear his voice, I just think Leonardo. <laughs>
0: Just like even when I hear Rob Paulson, I still just hear Raphael. Yeah. In <laughs> uh, and, and this show, basically, it would usually be them in the jungle, but sometimes they would be across the the earth in different settings, getting into misadventures and whatnot.
1: It's funny that they had to tell you that they were from The Lion King instead of just saying, like, titling it yeah. Timon and Pumbaa. It's The Lion King's Timon and Pumbaa, as if there was another yeah. Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, I thought
0: you were talking about the other Timon and Pumbaa. Aladdin's from Beetlejuice. Timon Beetlejuice. Yeah, so that's Timon and Pumbaa. The last one was, I, I loved this when it was on, and I bet Matt that you watched it too. Yes, I did. Muddy Ducks, the animated series, has nothing really to do with the live action movies <laughs> uh, at all, and it, it's kind of kind of based on the the hockey team when they were, were the Mighty Ducks from '93 to 2007 or not 2007, 2006, uh, but it's basically these anthropomorphic ducks from their homeworld, Puck. Uh, and, like, you know, the mask that was on the original like, kind of Jolly Roger-inspired uh, Mighty Ducks logo. In this series, it's like this the special mask that their, uh, their leader, Wild Wing, which was also the name of the Mighty Ducks, uh, or is still the name of the Mighty Ducks, Uh, mascot, uh, is the main character. His last name is Flashblade. Uh, And there's Nosedive, which is a brother. (laughs) I remember Nosedive a lot, too. Uh, Duke L'Orange, which Jeff Bennett, again. Uh, Mallory McCallard, uh, Jennifer Hell. There's Tanya Mm -hmm. Vanderflock, Czech Hardwing, and Canard Thunderbeak, which was the huge kind of guy. And I remember I I had an action figure of Wildwing, that would like shoot out pucks out of his wrist. I was, like I wish I still had that, but I can't find it anywhere. Awesome. Uh, this, fit,
1: this fits into the very small category of sports-themed cartoon shows. I remember there was a, a Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and oh, yeah. Bo Jackson, like all-star animated series where they would solve mysteries and, uh, yeah, very few sports-related cartoon shows.
0: Uh it was kind of Tim Curry does the does the voice of the bad guy in this. Yeah. Uh Clancy mm-hmm. Brown does the voice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the bad guy's name is Lord Draganis. Yes. Uh Siege voiced by Clancy Brown. Uh Frank Walker does the voice of the chameleon. And yeah. what's kinda of cool is that the the pond, which is which is now the Honda Center and was formerly the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim. Uh is their base and like they have like uh, their their spacecraft is underneath. I always thought it was cool for the opening or whatever they did on the show because they would use the CG animation for the like, the hockey rink, and the hockey rink would open up and their ship would come yeah. flying out of it. Uh, I just liked the the way that uh, then the main theme was done by uh, one of the dudes from Jefferson Starship, <laughs> and I remember the I remember the theme song for this still too. D- do you remember the the same song, Matt?
2: Can you sing it for me so I can remember?
0: <laughs> Here come the mighty ducks. Come. There it is. There you go. Skating down the ass.
2: It's weird. Have you ever seen, like, all of the vehicles from um, from this and even, like, Darkwing? Are, they're all shaped like duck bills. Yeah. Like, everything is. I, it, I think it's cool how they incorporated it you know, not only, like, in Darkwing, but in this and, like, other things, too.
0: I'm surprised that they never, had, like, you know, had any other Duck characters, like, if they had, like, Universe Crossing things, where you know, you'd have Darkwing Duck, quack, or... Quack.
1: Quack. 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 Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the world was called Puck World, and uh, all of the characters on, on Puck World, hockey was not simply a sport, but a way of life occupied, occupying virtually every aspect of day-to-day existence. So, mm-hmm. Matt, you would have loved living on Puck World.
2: Absolutely
0: and congratulations to you winning your hockey game yesterday too.
2: Thank you. Team Fisher took the shell cup in the contest between Fisher and Price. It was an awesome win.
0: Nice. Oh, apparently at, at Disney Quest at Downtown Disney, they or maybe or maybe they still do have at an attraction loosely based on this animated series called Mighty Ducks Pinball Slam, and Waldween is the only character from the the show featured Uh, First is a life-size cutout at the front of the queue line, and then again is a goalie in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I don't think this is on DVD, which this is the one I would buy right away if it was on DVD. (laughs) But there's a a VHS, which is kind of a movie. It's the first face-off part one and part two, which is the pilot for the series. This was only on for one season, so if they did release it, I mean... Maybe, hopefully, when they finally put the Mighty Ducks live action film series on Blu-ray. Maybe we'll get a little special package of this animated series on DVD. And Justin, here's, here's some episode titles, Puck Fiction, Jurassic Puck, (laughs) Beak to the Future, uh, Dungeons and Ducks, Duck Hard. Uh, Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, that's, that's where we're going to end off our, our show for the day with the Mighty Ducks. Uh, don't forget, you guys can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Viber, M A R C V I B B E R T. And I'm at Questback,
2: Q U E S T P A C T.
0: Justin.
1: Mine is my last name, Vactor, V A C T O R.
0: Or you can follow the show at Animated Podcast. Uh, feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at com. Anything you want to tell us, comments or questions or things you want us to talk about. Uh, visit our site like we talked about earlier in the show. We've got plenty of news going up there every day now. Uh, looking into a bulk of our YouTube channel too with the help of Justin.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, you
0: can also like us on Facebook. We're up to three hundred and almost 30 likes now. We're trying to... This month, now get to 400 by the end of March. Yeah. Thanks for getting us to 300 last month. Yeah, so, and you can just like us Facebook just by searching for us there. And so, I'm Mark Vivert. for myself, Matt Quest, our guest host, and Justin Vactor. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again the next time, guys.
1: bringing you a day
0: call of duty did you turn it off so it's not playing through the tv now right she's playing call of duty <laughs> yeah
2: that's badass
0: yeah she's pretty good at it <laughs> hello everyone and welcome to another episode of animation fascination i'm mark river and with me again as always is matt quest
2: hello everyone
0: uh so basically oh. That oh, crap. Here's our first blooper. <laughs> all right, start that again. So, yeah, that they're all in here. There's, I mean, there's. Hold on, so I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, which makes sense, since it's from. I'm gonna sneeze again. God damn. <laughs> And then when I say I'm going to seize, it stops. Do you want to do the shareholder one?
2: Uh, I mean, I'll read the title. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on. All right, I, I got a good thing for this. Okay. All right, so our next bit of news is uh, Disney CEO Bob uh, – how do you say his last name there? Iger. Liger? Yeah, Iger. Liger
0: Fields? Iger. Wait. Liger? <laughs> Iger with an I.
2: Oh, it looks like an owl. It's
0: a
1: lion <laughs> and a tiger.
2: Let's try that again. Wait, is his last name is that his middle name? Is his last <laughs> name Fields?
0: Bob Iger. Fields animation questions.
2: Uh, I'm just sorry, I'm
0: just sorry.
2: Let me try that again.
0: <laughs> it's a Liger.
2: It's a it's a Liger. Okay.
0: Napoleon Dynamite's favorite animal. <clears throat> Are you gonna do any of the story now or
2: No, I was just gonna read that. Okay. <laughs>
0: Do I sound like a robot to you guys?
1: No, you mean everyday normal life.
0: Uh huh. Woo! Are you guys looking forward to it? Hello. Sure. Matt, can you hear me?
2: (laughs) I was talking. I had my (laughs) microphone turned off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was like, I seriously was talking for like two minutes. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna continue again. Wait, sit. Say it
0: again. Hello. Do, do you have
2: your
1: mic off? I pulled a mat. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: that's funny.
1: You know, when uh, Mark told me I was coming on this podcast, I didn't realize I was gonna be here for three hours.
0: <laughs> Shut your mustache. It's only been an hour and twenty-one minutes. It says about three hours. All right, guys. I'm off okay. Flying V.